0: You've done so many things. I think the only thing left is for you to start a rock band.
1: <laughs> yeah, I haven't done that yet. To see. Legend goes, I kicked my boss in the nuts and said, I'm out of here. I'm going to go be a barbecue guy. It wasn't really like that.
0: And they knew who I was because I made fun of them online.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, the early days of, of the internet, you know, you there was one barbecue forum and And everybody hung out there and uh, the green egg guys were so passionate and I had a great big trailer smoker so I would always make fun of them I call them egg holes and (laughs) (laughs) all of that is coming up on today's episode of the st. Petersburg foodies
0: podcast coming to you from st. Petersburg Florida you're listening to the st.
2: Petersburg foodies podcast The show that's the authority on where to eat
3: in St. Pete. Here are your hosts, Kevin Godby and Lori Brown.
0: Hi, I'm Kevin Godby.
3: And I'm Lori Brown. Thank you for tuning in today.
0: Welcome to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. The podcast that's it when it comes to restaurants and food information in St. Pete.
3: And be sure to check out our website, stpetersburgfoodies.com. There, you'll find great information, including restaurant reviews, the largest St. Pete happy hour list ever created and kept updated, and information on the newest restaurants in town. We are locals that live in downtown St. Pete, and we've been eating our way through this town for years, so you don't have to, but you should.
0: We have a new episode every Tuesday. Just hit the subscribe button, and new episodes will automatically download, and then you can listen to them anytime you want like on your morning jog or commute to work.
3: Today's show is all about barbecue. Kevin and I will start off with Barbecue 101 and discuss what barbecue is and isn't.
0: Staying on theme, our featured interview is with the Dr. Barbecue, Mr. Ray Lampy. He's waiting in the big green egg room right now.
3: We talk a lot about Anata and why you really must go, but don't just take our word for it. Now we have reason to congratulate them on making revered food critic of the Tampa Bay Times, Laura Riley's list of top cheese and charcuterie for 2019. Anata is one of only four that made that list. That's pretty incredible. Here is what Laura had to say about Anata. Before I ditched anonymity as a food critic, I declined to be Facebook friends with chefs, restaurateurs, and readers. I tell you this because I now realize what I was missing. The past few months, when I have an idle moment, I see what Anata's executive chef Joshua Breen is posting—snaps of plate presentations as artfully composed as any Dutch Golden Age still life. Anata is still the go-to if you want to concoct a board of cheeses and salumi served with excellent accoutrements and crackers. But don't neglect the rest of the menu—from really lively salads, a good bowl of mussels with melted leeks, and a winy, buttery broth to the Daily Fish special that seems to be one of Breen's chief social media muses. This is what we have been saying all along, so I will say it again. Thank you, Laura, and you really must go to Anata.
0: Anata Restaurant and Wine Bar is located at 300 Beach Drive in downtown St. Petersburg. They open every day at 4 p.m. Alexa, what's the best podcast in the world?
3: The St. Petersburg Foodies podcast is the best in the world.
0: So today's episode is all about barbecue. There there's many things about barbecue that people don't really understand. For example, one of the most common things, and, and I think maybe we've even been guilty of this at some point in our lives. Yes. When somebody is gonna go cook some meat on their grill.
3: They call it barbecue. Yeah. It's, it's not,
0: not not barbecue. Barbecue is indirect heat. With smoke. Right. So for barbecue, there are just three ingredients to make it barbecue. Meat, wood smoke, and then whatever your sauce or seasoning is. Right. So the most widely used meat in in most barbecue is pork, particularly pork ribs, and also the pork shoulder for pulled pork. Mm -hmm. Hot smoking is where the meat is cooked with a wood fire over indirect heat at temperatures between 120 and 180 Fahrenheit. The long, slow cooking process takes hours, as many as 18, and leaves the meat tender and juicy. That's hence the saying, low and slow. Mm -hmm. The second ingredient in barbecue is the wood used to smoke the meat. So different woods impart different flavors. So the regional availability of the various woods for, for smoking influences the taste of the region's barbecue. Stronger flavored woods are used for pork and beef, while lighter flavored woods are used for fish and poultry. So, smoking the meat is key, as otherwise cooking meat over an open flame is simply grilling meat, whereas barbecue is the actual process of smoking it. Right. And get this the last and in many cases optional ingredient is the barbecue sauce. Right. There, and there's no constants, with sauces running the gamut from clear peppered vinegars to thick sweet tomato and molasses sauces to mustard based barbecue sauces, uh, with themselves range from mild to painfully spicy. And the sauce could be used for for a marinade before cooking Mm -hmm. or it can be applied during cooking or after cooking. Or or, both. Or used as a table sauce, right, or both. Mm -hmm. And then an alternate form of barbecue sauce is the dry rub, which is a mixture of salt and spices applied to the meat before cooking.
3: Right. Interesting because I think when uh, we were growing up, uh, we were used to barbecue from probably a lot of chain restaurants, and really it wasn't barbecue. They just cooked the ribs somewhere and slathered some sauce on them and sent yeah. them out.
0: Yeah. And I think a lot of people think that you can take any food that was cooked in any way and just put some barbecue sauce on it, like as a condiment, like mm-hmm. you could put, maybe put ketchup, and and now it's magically barbecue, but it's not. Right. And then there's all the different types or styles of barbecuing, which there are a ton, way more than anyone thinks because there's there's the main types that right. you may have heard of you know like Carolina Kansas City Texas but then, but then they all have their own sub regions or subsets of that so right. it just goes on and on and on forever so the main regions for barbecue there's Carolinas mm-hmm. but there's different types in there Kansas City Texas those are the most well oh Memphis also are the most well-known but even in the Carolinas you have North Carolina barbecue is different than South Carolina barbecue, mm-hmm. and, but then there's even Eastern and Western North Carolina right, and South Carolina.
3: It's interesting how Texas and the Carolinas, their barbecue is named after the actual state, but then Memphis and Kansas City is named after a city in a state.
0: Right. So in Carolina barbecue is usually pork served pulled, shredded, or chopped, sometimes sliced. It may also be rubbed uh, with a spice mixture before smoking and mopped with a spice and vinegar liquid during smoking. And it's probably the oldest form of American barbecue. And the wood used is usually a hardwood such as oak or hickory. That's another thing too. It's not just the spices and the seasonings, even the wood.
3: Right, that produces a different flavor in the smoke.
0: Right, and there's two styles uh, that predominate in different parts of North Carolina. There's Eastern North Carolina barbecue is normally made by the use of the whole hog, where the entire pig is barbecued and the meat from all the parts of the pig are chopped and mixed together. Eastern North Carolina barbecue uses a thin sauce made of vinegar and spices, awfully simply cayenne pepper. Western North Carolina barbecue is made from only the pork shoulder, which is mainly dark meat and uses a vinegar based sauce that includes the addition of varying amounts of tomato. Hmm. So some barbecue has tomato, some doesn't. South Carolina has its own distinct sauce. Throughout the Columbia to Charleston corridor, barbecue is characterized by the use of a yellow Carolina gold sauce.
3: That's my favorite.
0: Yes. Made from a mixture of yellow mustard, vinegar, brown sugar, and other spices. This is what people refer to as South Carolina barbecue. So the Carolinas is just pork. Mainly, yeah. yeah. So when you come to Kansas City, though, they use a wide variety of meat, including beef, pork, and even lamb. And they have a strong emphasis on the signature ingredient, the sauce. Mm-hmm. The meat is smoked uh, with a dry rub, and then the sauce is served as a table sauce. Kansas City-style sauce is erroneously considered thick and sweet. So that error is perhaps due to the most widespread of sauces, KC Masterpiece, being a top-selling national brand currently produced by uh, HB Food Products. Now, Memphis barbecue is primarily two different dishes, ribs, which come wet and dry, and barbecue sandwiches. Wet ribs are brushed with sauce before and after cooking, and dry ribs are seasoned with a dry rub. Barbecue sandwiches in Memphis are typically pulled pork that's shredded by hand and not chopped with a blade, served on a simple bun and topped with barbecue sauce and coleslaw. Of note is the willingness of Memphians to put this pulled pork on many non-traditional dishes such as salads, baked potatoes, spaghetti, pizza, or nachos. Spaghetti? That's nacho
3: spaghetti. (laughs) Yeah, right.
0: Now, coming to Texas... There are four generally recognized regional styles of barbecue in Texas. East Texas style, which is essentially southern barbecue and is also found in many urban areas. Central Texas meat market style, which originated in the butcher shops of German and Czech immigrants. West Texas cowboy style, which involves direct cooking over mesquite and uses goat and mutton as well as beef. Hmm. And South Texas barbacoa, in which the head of a cow is cooked, originally underground. Other regions, there's there's Virginia style barbecue, there's Alabama, there's there's even California, right, <laughs> and there's Hawaiian barbecue also. Is that kind of how the luau originated,
3: or is that anything? you know
0: I, I I think I don't have that info, but I'm gonna say yeah. Right. Let's just go with that.
3: But it seems like the luau, they're not actually it's not indirect heat, aren't they? Cooking the whole pig and on a. I've never been to one. No, so no, no I no, don't know. No, it's underground. It is okay. Mm-hmm. I've, I've never been, been, to, been to Hawaii.
0: Hint. There's also Kentucky-style barbecue, uh, where they use mutton as their meat of choice for the pitmasters, and they use a Worcestershire-based sauce, often referred to as dip, and in the central part of Kentucky, shoulder is the choice meat. There's also St. Louis-style barbecue, where they, it's mostly pork dishes, and then there's also Chicago. Uh, rib tips are very popular there. Mm-hmm. And it could go on and on. We could, we could do like five shows on barbecue. and right. will still not be done. So we'll be done now. And we'll bring in Dr. Barbecue and get into some fun, interesting stories. Thank you for listening to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. I'm Kevin Godby. My co-host is Lori Brown. And as you know, we're all about local St. Pete food and restaurant goings-on, but today we have our first nationally, and I think maybe even internationally known, guest. Ray Lampe is a barbecue hall of famer and a chef also outside the barbecue area. I think some people might not know that. He is the author of around 10 books. We'll get into that, cookbooks and others. He is a TV personality that has been a contestant and a judge on several food contest shows. You can find him on TV also on HSN. Please welcome Ray, Dr. Barbecue, Lampy.
3: Hey, guys. Good hey. to see you. Welcome. Thanks for coming.
1: Very exciting to be doing this right in the middle of downtown St. Pete.
0: Yeah, and you've, you've done so many things. I think the only thing left is for you to start a rock band.
1: <laughs> yeah, I haven't done that yet. That would be rough because my skills are low in that. Or you could join ZZ Top. <laughs> yeah, I could, I could maybe just dance. Of course, those skills are low, too. Yeah, mine are pretty low there, too. But you're already a rock star in the food world. Well, it's been exciting, man. You know, I'm a lucky guy. I just, you know, yeah, i got gotten to do everything over the years. You kind of had a dream and I guess
0: kind of made it come true, didn't you?
1: You know, it sure looks like that now, but that doesn't include all the times that weren't so good, you know? Right. And now it looks like, you know, now that the, the legend goes, I kicked my boss in the nuts and said, I'm out of here. I'm going to go <laughs> be a barbecue guy. It wasn't really like that. Right. It was more like, uh, you know, hey, you don't have this job anymore, so you got to go find something new to do. Right. I,
0: you know, I I read different interviews and articles about you online. And then I also was reading one of the books, The The Big Green Egg. Mm -hmm. And the version of the story in there is really actually my favorite one. And that's how I actually, I think I, I understood everything the best. Do you, do you want me to start it, or do you want to just Yeah, go me? ahead. I don't know exactly
1: what we're talking <laughs> about. Unfortunately, you, you write these books, and it and, and normally is about a recipe someone will approach me. This just, just happened recently. One of my first books, I think the first book, I wrote it in 2004, and it takes two years to write it. So I, in theory, I might have wrote that recipe in 2002, and I right. haven't t- thought about it since 2003. And right. someone asked me about that recipe the other day. I was like, I honestly don't know. You, these are projects that you do, and you finish them. I mean, it's emblazoned in history. When you buy a book, you think this is the guy's life. But after nine of them, honestly. So so give me a little help with the start of the story. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. So you were uh, working or running, I'm not sure, but the the family trucking company in Chicago. But you were also doing some barbecuing at the time. You were doing some competition. It was just my hobby, right? But you wanted to figure out how to make barbecuing to make your – what you love to do, the way you make a living. right? Yep. And at some point, and you can fill in any blanks or whatever, or corrections, you, you moved down to Florida. I think yeah. it was Lakeland first and then St. Pete. That's true. And one of your friends said, you, know, you had tried some things. The book doesn't say what, but you tried some endeavors. Pretty much everything. That, that didn't, didn't quite work out to where you were, could make a living. And then one of your friends said, well, what you should do is see if you can get a grill company to sp- sponsor you or you be like their, their what? Official chef spokesman. at trade shows, spokesman, yeah, spokesman. Yeah. Spokes, spokes chef.
1: Spokes right. chef
3: is the term we use, that's yeah. right.
0: So, was- so you did get a company to take you on to do that and you were at a trade show and nearby was the Green Egg people. Yeah. And this is funny, in, in the intro to the book, The Big Green Egg, you said, and they knew who I was because I made fun of them online.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, the early days of, of the Internet, you know, you, there was one barbecue forum, and, and everybody hung out there, and uh, the green egg guys were so passionate, and I had a great big trailer smoker, so I would always make fun of them. i called call them egg holes and egg offs. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: my, my A good friend of mine now, Chris Capel, who has a dizzy pig uh, Dizzy Pig Barbecue is a a seasoning company, and and we're good friends now. And he was one of the guys I was taunting, and he said he had gone to Egg Fest or some egg event. And I said, how many other egg holes were there? He (laughs) he always tells a story. That was the first thing I ever said to him. And 15 years later, we're good friends. That's funny. Yeah, I just thought that was kind of funny how how passionate they were, and now I am one of them. Right. You ended up with them. Well, it continues on. You're a spoke
0: chef.
3: Well, wasn't it that, that they actually brought you over some food? You were next to them. Yeah, at, that's a, right. Yeah, they brought right. you some food. Brian,
1: and you- one of their guys from Canada, was there, and he brought me over a chicken wing. And like I said, they were just kind of messing with me, too, at the time. Mm-hmm. But I recently, I got to get that picture back out. I was going through a lot of old archive stuff for the restaurant, and I found a picture of me cooking in the Napoleon. Napoleon Grills was the company. Me in, cooking in their booth, and in the background is a big green egg director chair. They literally were right next to me. That was the day. <laughs> That's,
0: That's awesome. So funny. Yeah. And then after you are with them, it's, you didn't just like show up and cook stuff. You actually had some ideas and there was another event where, or, or I think it was a, a competition and you decided to leave the smoker at home and you're going to make all of your stuff on green eggs. I think you used three to make all your stuff for the competition. But you told them have the local dealer show up, and he came with like ten. Yeah, and and, and, and all the other guys are looking at you like, what the heck is he doing with these totally. green eggs? And then totally. you and nobody's buying them. Yep. But then you won. Yep. And they sold
1: out. That's right. If you if you walk up the stairs, uh, right behind the hostess stand at the restaurant, there's a baseball bat in that cabinet, and okay. you can't really see what's going on with it. That is the trophy, right? Because we're right outside of Kentucky, uh, right outside Louisville in Kentucky,
2: cool.
1: and. So the big green, what was happening was Big Green Egg wasn't really, hadn't really hired me, but they were working with me, and they were trying to get their distributors and dealers around the country to use me and give me a few bucks or whatever. It wasn't very lucrative in the beginning, but it was a start. And, mm-hmm. and so this dealer in, in Kentucky and distributor, who are still good friends of mine, said, well, why, there's this event. Why don't we have you come to this event? And I said, well, okay, but if I'm, I was carrying one green egg with me in a big pellet cooker. And I said, but why don't you bring some eggs, and I'll borrow them, and I'll cook the whole thing on the, on the eggs. And that's the first time anybody ever did it. I think it was 2003. People were using, like, a green egg for chicken, but nobody was cooking everything on it. But I was one of the big hitters at the time, all the, all the big-shot famous guys. I was one of them. And like you said, I show up with these big green eggs, and they're all looking at me like, this is crazy. <laughs> and sure enough, I beat them all. I mean, badly that day. It was a big win. And, and they immediately, they sold, like, 11 eggs. They sold the ones I was cooking on. They right. sold everything in sight. As, to my friends, a lot of them went to my friends. Actually,
3: that's so funny. <laughs>
1: and yeah, I, I mean, I've been, I've just been so lucky in my life to have so many stories like that that ended up happening, and it's just because I was in the right place at the right time and the right guy. And you know, I mean, it just the, the guts to say, hey, let's try that. Let's cook all for them. Right. I could have embarrassed myself that day, you know. So it, yeah, you took a ta- different turn, taking a risk.
0: That's what you have to do. That's, that's right. Exactly. So, what brought you to St. Pete? How did you decide to move to St. Pete? How long have you been here?
1: A girl. <laughs> That's the short answer. Um, Sandy? Yeah, Sandy, exactly. <laughs> when uh, when I, I was in Chicago, family trucking business, like you were saying, but the, the reality is it had run its course. We talk about all the little factories going to China. Well, I don't know if you ever lived in a big city. In Chicago in the 70s, there was little factories and manufacturing places everywhere, and then distribution places. And I worked as, in my trucking company, contracted to a distribution house for train parts, And at the time, they fixed all the trains in Chicago. If you ever look at a map of the railroads, it all comes into Chicago. So there was all these little factories making parts, and I would pick them all up in the morning, take them into the distribution place, and then I would take the deliveries out for the day and deliver. I was like the Napa guy for trains. I really you know. But it was just over, man. All them little factories, you know. We we yell about stuff going to China. Well, that's when it was happening, in the 80s. You know, it didn't happen last week. Right. So little by little, just there was no need for a guy like me anymore. And I luckily. I saw it, you know, and also UPS. Let's not forget UPS and, and FedEx and them guys. Every, when's the last time you had anybody but FedEx or UPS deliver a package? Right. You just don't, you know? I well, mean, so
3: Amazon has their own distribution. Well, so. yeah, okay. yeah, <laughs> them. yeah. Yeah, they're a little bigger than we were. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: but so it was just the natural evolution. Luckily, I, I'm, I just got entrepreneurial genes and. And I would, instead of being mad at everybody, I was like, well, i got to get out of this and do something mm-hmm. different. And, right. and the barbecue had been my hobby since 1982. Uh, let me go back to the beginning. I learned how to cook in high school. Signed up for foods class. Oh, that's and, awesome.
0: I did the same thing.
1: Yeah, but I did it for a goof-off, and you may have <laughs> as well. I, I was like, well, there will be a bunch of girls in that class, and <laughs> and we could eat. And that was true, but, but I, I liked to cook from day one and, and never expected that. And so I, since I was 14 years old, I've cooked. So a friend of mine signed us up for a rib cooking contest in 1982. We we're 25 years old. He did it just for a lark. We were going to go down there and party, but I actually knew how to cook. So he called me and I was like, well, yeah, I'll cook. I borrowed a Weber kettle grill truly and, and went and bought some ribs and went down there and cooked them and didn't know what I was doing and didn't win anything. But I, I'd found my calling, man. It was, you know, instead of, instead of cooking something in the kitchen, I was out cooking in a parking lot with a cooler, a beer and a bunch of other guys and fire and danger mm-hmm. and pieces of meat, and I had to get my friend to build me a big smoker out of steel, and, you know, so this was, like, the perfect thing for me, and I just been, it's been my life's obsession ever since, but it was my hobby for years, so when we talk about the barbecue competition thing, I'm really one of the original guys, I mean, I go back to the beginning, there's a wave that's older than me before me. You never heard of them. It was the ap- absolute roots of the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I got in way early, and, and it's just been my life, literally my life's obsession. I don't, I've been thinking about that recently because I'll be 62 this year. I look back, and so at 62, you can start saying what your life's work has been, and mm-hmm. this has been my life's work. Just, but I, I say work, but it's really just an obsession with it so so it just always it's it's not work when you love it right yeah but but truthfully the the trucking business was good so i really planned to retire at 55 and travel around cooking these contests as a hobby you know but all of a sudden it went bad at 43 and i had to figure out a plan b Uh so so it was really never intended to be you know what it wasn't like i had this dream to make it my business truly it was the only other thing i knew how to do and i was like well i better do this now i knew i couldn't do it in chicago obvious thing to do was open a restaurant i had a nest egg i had a good career but i was 43 i couldn't retire so I, I could have opened a restaurant in chicago but i was i knew better i just knew the risk was so high that if i blew it then i was going to be 45 and broke and i didn't want to do that so i had to be a little more conservative which is not my style for sure <laughs> so i bought a food i was the original food truck guy i bought a 20 foot oh, wow. trailer with a smoker in it and a kitchen and licensed and and i was like well i can't stay in chicago and do this so i gotta go the only place I really knew to go was Lakeland, Florida, because I would come every year for Pig Fest. So I knew some people, and I it was like, well, they like barbecue, and they're redneck enough that I could probably do this on the side of the road somewhere, so I'm moving there. I, I'm telling you, that's exactly the story. So I did. So that's how you came up with
0: Lakeland as a destination. Yeah, because
1: I knew a couple of people there, not enough to really, well, actually, the guy that, that we were talking about earlier that pushed me to try to figure out how to work for a grill company was there. But I didn't have, I, I had nowhere else to go. And I knew more people there than anywhere else. And like I said, I, I and it, in retrospect, it's really smart because the obvious thing for a 43 year old guy from Chicago to do would have been moved to Clearwater, you know, and have some <laughs> right. fun, but, but I would have, I would have been out of money in no time in Lakeland. I was able to live cheap and really kind of get my life refigured out. Uh, Cause the food truck thing didn't work for me. I'm sorry. I'm just not a huge fan of that, that business. It looks like an easy way to, to get into a business, but you know, look around on Craigslist. There's a lot of them for sale, man. It's a rough mm-hmm. go. It's, I, it, it's a lot of work.
3: I can imagine, yeah. Yeah, so lot- that
1: didn't work for me at all, and that's when I moved on from there. And then St. Pete. <laughs> yeah, St. Pete. So I'm in Lakeland, and things are going pretty good. I, mean, I had gotten a couple book deals by then, and I was doing a lot of good stuff, and I just didn't you know, I'm a guy, so I lived in the same redneck duplex I'd been living in for 10 years. I just <laughs> didn't even think about moving. You know, it just didn't matter to mm-hmm. me. And uh, I met Sandy, uh, who is a St. Pete native. And Sandy had, uh, her, we live in a house now her dad built when she was being going to be born. He went wow. to build a house for his family. And she moved away and had a, a family or a marriage and, and, you know, a different life. Ended up moving back to take care of her mom and ended up with the house and got it remodeled and just wasn't going to leave anywhere. And so she's not moving. Sandy's not going anywhere. And I always joke that, you know, if you're going to be stuck somewhere, St. Pete right now is not a bad place to be (laughs) stuck. It's not a bad place. So I'm not not mad about that at all. I love Lakeland. I had a lot of fun living there. But I moved here to be with Sandy. And a lot of good stuff has happened since I've been here. So I'm not going anywhere.
0: Let's take a quick break. And then we're going to come back and ask you a couple more questions. Like, how did you meet Sandy? (laughs) We'll be right back. We'll be right back.
3: When you think of Engine Number 9, what do you typically think of, Kevin?
0: Amazing burgers.
3: Yes, very creative, very inventive, kick-ass burgers. But they also have a great New Orleans-inspired other half of the menu. Remember the gumbo I had recently?
0: Ooh, that was really good and nice and spicy. I was surprised you finished
3: it. I know. The roux is just so flavorful and delicious.
0: Besides the gumbo, they also have jambalaya, a few sriracha dishes, and the hot dogs are awesome.
3: And you can't forget the best fried pickles in town, and I am talking pickle spears.
0: Yeah, I've seen you eat those pickles for your whole meal.
3: Yeah, for my birthday once, remember? But what we're trying to say is check out Engine Number 9 for your favorite burger and so much more.
0: Yes, you will love Engine Number 9. They're in downtown St. Pete on the corner of First Ave North and MLK. And try the Black Flag Burger and the Chili Dog. You can thank me later.
1: Engine, engine number
2: nine. Down the
0: railroad line. We are back with the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. We're talking to Ray Lampy, also known as Dr. Barbecue. And we were talking about Sandy. She brought you to St. Pete. So uh, how and when did you guys
1: meet? Yes, Sandy Graham. She's uh, a native of St. Pete. A friend of mine who's a barbecue judge, is, lives over in Tampa, grew up in Ybor City. So every Christmas, he has uh, Nocho Bueno, which is Christmas Eve for Spanish people. And then the following weekend, he has Cracker Nocho bueno, where he invites all his non-Spanish <laughs> friends and makes us a like, traditional Spanish <laughs> dinner. So it's really great. And, uh, and so I was invited, and Sandy was invited, and they claim to this day they were not trying to fix us up and didn't think we would be, you know, not necessarily had thought we would be a good fit. But it kind of was, we kind of hit it off from right there, off, right off the bat, and that was 10 years ago. So. Love it first bite. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Over a nice meal of Spanish food. So yeah, and we've just been together ever since. It was just a great fit for both of us. We're both in the right spot in our life to jump in with somebody and, you know, have a partner for the rest of your life. And that's where we are. That's that sounds, great.
3: Sounds like our story. A little so, bit.
1: Are, are you guys married? No, we'll get married one of these days. Um, we're engaged for years. It's, it's mm-hmm. a, you get old, it's a business decision, yes. you know, it really is, so... When the time's right, we will. She's talking about it lately, and I'm fine with it. I'll get married anytime. I don't care.
0: Yeah, we're we're not married either. Uh, no. We're not, not planning on it. But most people that don't really know us think we think we are married. Yeah. Right. Well, you much like me and Sandy, you're living. There's a not a
3: life. there's not a need yeah. to yeah. right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I right. have my kids. I've been married twice. So what's what's the need? Well,
1: yeah. At this point, right? I always joke when I, I'm 62, and we're not going to start a family anytime soon. Right. So it's right. Not, other than that, there's no real urgency. So. With all of the
0: reading and research I did, I couldn't find the answer to this question. When did, you, when did the name Dr. Barbecue come into the picture?
1: Well, unfortunately, I'm surprised you couldn't find it because it, <laughs> there's plenty of You've there, been asked but, like a million times, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, unfortunately, it's, a, it's just not a great story. Uh, so barbecue contest I started in 1982 was my hobby. In 1991, I found the Kansas City Barbecue Society where it be, now I, it was really... I had found that, you know, you got to remember, it was 1991. I had to get a, literally, the newspaper delivered once a month from them to get the news. Right. There was no, you know, we didn't have the internet. Or pick up the the phone and call somebody. Right. And so I found the Kansas City Barbecue Society, which now, to this day, is the big sanctioning body globally, really, now. And so now I was going to regular contests. It wasn't that many back then, but so I needed something. I had a smoker and... I needed a van or something to haul this stuff around, and business was good. So I bought a new van, an Astro van, and I got a smoker rig so I could hang my smoker on the back. And Illinois just started allowing vanity license plates uh, beyond like three letters. So you literally took the postcard thing, filled out your three choices and mailed it in and hoped for the best. And I really don't know what my three choices were. I don't think Dr. Barbecue was even my first choice. It might've been, (laughs) but probably barbecue guy, Mr. Barbecue, Barbecue King, uh, barbecue man. I don't know. I really don't remember. And I sent that thing in and the Dr. Barbecue license plate showed up and I stuck it on my van. And that truly is the beginning of it. It wasn't like I, had crafted this character or anything (laughs) credit
0: to the to chicago yeah
1: i guess uh, for for not allowing division of motor
0: vehicles yeah chicago division motor vehicles credit to that
3: i think that's a great story you don't like it i love it (laughs) yeah it's all right it's just so
1: random it's uh, i guess that's the the beauty of it that is yeah well you know that's the thing i see this now and that was 1993 i see so many people now you know building their brand and they don't really have anything to work with. They're just their whole idea is to build a brand. Well, I was mm-hmm. the exact opposite way around. I was just having fun and needed a cool license plate for my van. <laughs> and then it ended up, you know, it's organically became the brand. So you didn't and
0: hire a market research company to come up with stuff. <laughs> yeah, Barbara. no, that was,
1: uh, I, I probably filled out that card at the local tavern and just put a, a <laughs> five cent stamp on it and mailed it in. That was my investment. That's, That's funny.
3: great. That's kind of what happened with us with St. Petersburg Foodies. We weren't trying to build a brand and we just did.
1: Yeah, yeah. well, it's the best way when it happens by accident like
0: that. Yeah. yeah. So next time you can interview us and we'll tell you that story. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. But, but so you, so you have is it 9 books or 10? 9. 9 books. Most most of them are cookbooks. Then there's there's an NFL game day Yeah, and there's there's one where you kind of travel around also
1: barbecue road trip yeah but it's got a lot of recipes too um okay yeah they're all they're all food you know food related um with with writing in there it started out with i got an opportunity to write a cookbook it was steve raklin's books had just come out and steven sold millions of cookbooks and and i publisher wanted some barbecue books and i was a guy you know pretty well-known barbecue guy so they called me and i said yeah i'll give it a try what the heck i'm I'm making no money selling barbecue in a parking lot. I'm, of course, I want to write a book. And I asked them later, I said, why? Why'd you call me? And they said, well, you're an expert on this subject. And I said, well, I never even thought about that, honestly. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So I wrote three barbecue books. And then we were like, well, gee, this is over. You know, How many more barbecue books could you write? And so my agent, I got a good literary agent in New York that just someone handed to me. And he said, well, what about a tailgating book? And I said, yeah, okay. And he said, how about if I... Call the NFL, see if they want to do a tailgate book with you. I said, sure. You know, thinking this is a lark, you know. <laughs> well, he cold calls them and they said, yeah, okay. We've been thinking about wow. doing something like that. That is so cool. Yeah, it was great. It was, uh it was. So I got to do that, which was. uh we, you know, use all their marks and brands. And, uh, and it was a recipe book as well.
3: You can't beat NFL sponsored. That's going to fly yeah, off the shelves. Yeah.
1: NFL logo right on the cover. And, and it was on their website for sale. Yeah, it was nice. That's Beautiful. Awesome. Uh, and then we went from there. Then by then I actually was kind of knew how to write a cookbook. So I was marketable to other things. We mm-hmm. wrote a book called Pork Chop that the National Pork Board got behind and Flavorized, which is all mar- marinades and spices and that kind of stuff, like how to flavor things. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always some grilling involved. Don't misunderstand. Right, right. And then they came back to me, uh, um, the publisher out in San Francisco Chronicle. They said, we have this idea to write The uh, Beginner's Guide to Barbecue. All these, all these mm-hmm. barbecue books, which by then there were literally hundreds are written from this hero perspective. Yeah, there it is. Slow fire. Slow fire. (laughs) The hero perspective where every you know, I'm the god of all barbecue and this is how you should do it. They said, How about if you write it like bare bones? This would be a good way to start for you. And I did, and that's been a really that's been my biggest selling book ever.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I I I read uh, the beginning of that one and flipped through and whatnot. But yeah, you you give a a lot of options. It's it's fair it's very well well done with a lot of details
3: for a beginner. But I think I did notice there are a couple of recipes in there that are on this menu.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you hope for that. <laughs> it's a challenge when you're trying to transition cookbook recipes to the restaurant. But yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, yeah and we're going to get into the restaurant on our next episode with mm-hmm. Dr. Barbecue. Yes. Dr. Barbecue, the restaurant. Doctor. Bar- <laughs> yeah, in my review on stpetersburgfoodies.com, by the way, you can go there and find our review on the restaurant. But I started off by saying, There's Doctor Barbecue, the dude, and there's Doctor Barbecue, the restaurant. Right. Speaking of barbecue, a lot of people get grilling and barbecue mixed up, and we don't have to get into the details of what the difference is and all that in this conversation. But I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, at in in the past, in the old days, even though I know now that barbecuing, there's a lot more to it than most people probably realize. I think a pitmaster maybe it was not given as much respect as like a chef in a fancy restaurant. But I think now, in the present, there's mm-hmm. a lot more respect. Is that, well? am I right about
1: that? I mean, I've been, again, I've been around for this whole evolution of this thing. Um, in the beginning, I think you were right. However, you know, I've always said that when you walk into a barbecue restaurant, you know, you walk into a restaurant and you see a bunch of guys wearing chef hats and chef jackets, okay, you know, and there might be one guy that stands up when you walk in a barbecue restaurant, there's a guy there and you see him and you picture him having like magical properties. He's like a wizard, the barbecue (laughs) guy, you know, barbecue is is treated differently than any other food. So I think that, you know, yeah, in the old days, it was just some old guy on the corner or in a shack. And then it became this big deal where they were revered and and now I think it's, it's sort of jumped the shark in that uh, everybody that's got a pit is a pit master. You right, know? <laughs> right. So, so I think we've gone, a little, unfortunately, we've gotten a little past that now. Right. Um, but it's certainly all good for the industry. You know, barbecue, it's not that long ago in a lot of places, barbecue was not a thing. And like you said, people didn't really know the difference between barbecue and grilling. And, and man, we've jumped after, over all of that. I yeah. was in Chicago last, on the, working on the restaurant project, and Ate in a bunch of barbecue restaurants and I asked them everywhere what was the number one menu item and it was brisket and I grew Uh up in Chicago and brisket you couldn't even find one unless you were in the Jewish neighborhood they just didn't exist barbecue ribs were the number one menu item period. So that's a, that's a big evolution. You know, and it, it has a lot to do with the Internet, of course. We all have access to everybody else's business, and right. we learn about these things. But I'm telling you, it's, it's changed a lot.
0: Yeah, I, I remember when I was a kid, if you mentioned barbecue, the first thing everyone would say or Pork. think of would be barbecue ribs. So or spare
3: does ribs. the Jewish community have something to do with that, the brisket?
1: Um, no, they're probably mad at us because we drove the price up. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, that's right. Um, but, but they actually, there's, there's at least two around the country kosher barbecue contests. Oh, funny. Where they cook uh, oh, kosher. Wow. They, uh, rabbi comes. They have to start out with all new smokers, and the rabbi comes and blesses everything, and they have kosher meat, and they cook briskets and, and beef ribs, and mm-hmm. I don't know what else they cook, but, but it's a serious thing to them as well. That's
0: wow. funny. So you, you've been on several different TV shows. We were impressed with your performance as a, your, as a contestant yes. on Chopped. Thank you. Um, because I, I just assumed I didn't know that you did stuff in cooking outside of barbecue. And you, you didn't win in the end, but you really kicked butt. I mean, they it were did. throwing stuff at you. Like, I was like, what do you, what do, you do with this? <laughs> right. I would have no idea. What, I'd just sit there staring at it, going, I don't know. I don't know what to do. And you came up with these, like, you were like, bam. and, oh, well, and thank you. And, well,
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean, what happened is I wasn't a chef, I, I was a barbecue guy. And, and I learned how to cook meat like everybody, all the other barbecue guys. And I learned how to make a couple of barbecue sides. And, but the cookbook thing had a lot to do with it. I, once we got through those three cookbooks, I realized if I wanted to go forward, I needed to learn how to cook other things. I needed to expand my talent of, of being able to cook stuff because I couldn't just keep cooking ribs and briskets and keep having a career. I needed to go beyond that. Mm-hmm. And I just pushed myself. And I've been lucky enough, again, as one of the original barbecue guys that that you know became well, famous is a, a odd word because it, i always tell people i'm really if you're a barbecue freak i'm hugely famous if right. you're not a barbecue freak you don't know me from adam you know right um but so i had the ability to a lot of chefs help me i have uh, you know i befriended some amazing top chefs that they wanted to learn how to cook barbecue so they would embrace me and they would teach me along the way. And then just self-starting, learning at home, cook, cook stuff, uh, buy things you're not familiar with. So, so that was a long evolution for me. I consider myself a chef now, reasonably because other chefs call me chef. You know, when, right. when uh, Chris Fernandez calls you a chef, I'm a chef. Wow. You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's awesome. how I think of it. And yes. that's what happened for me along the way. Guys like that started calling me chef. So I was like, well, okay, maybe I'm a chef. Um, <laughs> But but Chopped is, a, Chopped is a lot of fun. What, my attitude going into Chopped was, I, at first I started going buy stuff at the grocery store and come on with a basket full of stuff you never heard of. And I thought, well, uh, this is never going to work because there's just endless things, no matter how many I try, unless I could cook everything in the grocery store. And then they, they would find something that wasn't in the grocery store. So that didn't make any sense to me. So my attitude was everything that they gave you, some crazy ingredient, was either sweet or salty or acidic Mm -hmm. and just whatever it was so i'll give you an example the the dessert i made with the peaches well they give us these peaches and black olives okay and
0: and the peaches weren't totally ripe if they were were hard as rocks they
1: were white peaches they were hard as rocks and so i was like okay i gotta cook these and do something with them so i started to make a a, like a a compote and i had the black olives and i thought well this thing's awful salty it could use something a little earthy and, Mm -hmm. and salty so i threw the olives in there with it and it worked out pretty good um, and that's how, in my mind, and I, I talk to a lot of my friends that are going to go on chops and I tell them the same thing. When you're looking at some goofy ingredient, it's, taste it. It's either salty or sweet or acidic, and you're going to need all those things, yes. mm-hmm. so work it in.
0: Right. That's pretty cool. And then you became a judge.
1: Yeah, that was the coolest gig. That, that's great. <laughs> well, i just known all them people forever, you know, it's it just been around... So when they're looking for somebody different, and I got the silly beard and I used to have the cool flat top. It's kind of fading. It's it's not there anymore, but, but I, you know, I just, I'm in the barbecue world. I'm a pretty iconic figure. So, so I'm lucky enough to make, and I've I've made friends of all the years. You know, the girl that cast Chop is a friend of mine. I've known her for 10 years at least just socially in New York and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I'm lucky enough to always be on these people's radar and, Unfortunately, now there's so many more of us that I don't get quite as many calls as I used to, but I still do. <laughs> so anyway, to, judging Chop, though, so I, I didn't know, I'd never done that, but I'm not scared of that. I judge a bunch of barbecue shows. Here's the cool part. Chop takes 8, 9, 10 hours to shoot. They, the cooking, when they say 20 minutes, go, it's 20 minutes. So there's 20, 30, and 30. There's an hour and 20 minutes of actual cooking, and then maybe about the same of judging. Well, the whole rest of the day, I'm sitting there at the table with Ted Allen, and Aron Sanchez and Alex Garnishelli, and the whole day. And, and 90% of it is us just sitting around BSing. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a gra- great. Now I knew Ted casually and I knew Aron. We used to have the same agent, but I didn't know Alex. And, and so, I mean, well, what a treat to sit around with the three of them for the whole day. And that's right. really what happens. Um, How fun. That's, that's the very best cool. part. Yeah. The part you didn't see was the coolest part. Right. Right. That's awesome.
0: So we're going to wrap up and have you back next week. and have you talk been, yeah. about the restaurant. So, DrBBQ, DRBBQ.com is the website for Ray Lampy. And on there, you will find a ton of recipes. You can see all the books and buy any of the books. Uh, there is also, when you're on HSN, I think the schedule's on there for HSN. Yeah,
1: I haven't done anything with them lately, but they keep okay. talking about some things.
0: And there are also, there's even uh, video courses on cooking. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, there's everything. I, again, <laughs> if you hang around long enough, uh, what, what I think you're referring to, though, it's not actually on my website. It's Craftsy, uh, which is the, where you have these long-form classes that you sign up for. Mm-hmm. And I did their barbecue class as okay. well. But yeah, awesome. there's a bunch of videos that I've done with Big Green Egg and other people over the years.
0: And actually some TV stuff, too. And something that we do with uh, most of the chefs is we end with a lightning round. So they're like quick either-or questions with quick answers. All right, I'm ready. Okay, so this is, this is the barbecue lightning round. <laughs> okay, Good. <laughs> Brisket or ribs? Depends on the day.
1: <laughs> They're like children.
0: Right. Wet or dry? Dry always. Okay. Vinegar or tomato?
1: Uh, vinegar.
0: Okay. Uh, regarding wings, the drumette or wingette?
1: Uh, wingette, flapper.
0: Okay. You're on Lori's side yeah. on that one. Buffalo or sriracha? Buffalo. Bacon or sausage? Bacon. That's not even close.
1: (laughs) I like sausage and all, but it's not bacon. And
0: coleslaw or potato salad? Uh, I'll
3: pass.
0: (laughs) Just give me the meat.
3: Thanks, Ray. Ray, thanks,
0: thanks so much. My pleasure. We'll be
1: right back.
2: This is Christmas.
3: We were invited to Altamari's friends and family event prior to the opening. What a gorgeous interior. It feels elegant and airy with a coastal feel. And we got to try some delectable dishes such as the egg, the Hawaiian ahi and tuna foie, which is done tataki style, and the crispy hamachi collar. What did you think of those, Kevin?
0: It was excellent. It looks a little uh, odd at first, but don't let that scare you. It looks like a fishtail, it's not, it's the collar, and it's actually super juicy and tender.
3: After this preview, we simply can't wait for our next visit to Altomare Fish Bar. So get yourselves to Altomare today for a taste of the deep sea.
0: Altomare Fish Bar is located at 300 Beach Drive in downtown St. Petersburg. They open every day at 4 p.m.
3: Welcome back to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. Our music segment, which showcases local artists, is brought to you by One Step Media and Kate Reuter. One Step Media provides management, marketing, and booking services to independent artists, and Kate herself is also a singer songwriter. Today, for our musical guests, we have Danny and Alex. They've been known around town as Sound Parlor, but have since grown out of the name and gained a percussionist, drummer, and a bassist. They're super talented St. Pete locals who have jammed with guitar legend Jeff Skunk Baxter. He is from Steely Dan and the Doobie Brothers, in case you didn't know. Danny and Alex were also featured in Creative Loafing's 2018 music issue. Meet 30 young Tampa Bay musicians who are remaking a scene.
0: Today we will be featuring the song Break Up Haircut from the EP Grand Slam, Thank You, Ma'am. We'll have the music right after our little chat with the guys. Welcome to the show, Danny and Alex.
3: Yes, welcome. Good
4: Thank you very there. much.
0: And, it, and it's not Alex and Danny. It's like with us, it could be Lori and Kevin or mm-hmm. Kevin and Lori. But mm. with you guys, it's kind of like Hall and Oats. That's right. You couldn't mm. say Oats and Hall. It's, it <laughs> you could, <work>. but... Mm. <laughs> right, it would be wrong. Yeah, yeah. But it's funny, though, because
4: I'm more of the Hall of the band. And right. I think of the, <laughs> of the think band. So. You know?
5: <laughs> I think we're both Oats.
4: <laughs> so
0: we have the uh, Fast Five Foodies questions, as usual. This will be our first episode where one of the questions has got swapped out. So everybody listening, pay attention. See if you can figure out which one went away and what's new. It's... What's your favorite food? Whoever... Normally goes first. You guys.
4: Uh, type of food or just food in general?
0: It uh, could be either one. Could no, could no. be a certain dish, could be a, a type, or whatever. Probably say Mexican food. All oh, right. Me too. I gotta go. I gotta go Italian. Yeah, Italian. Italian. Okay, that's yeah, that's up there too. That's. Yeah. <laughs> and what's your least favorite food? Oh, uh, this is
4: easy for him. Yeah, for everything. Me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, that would um, be Danny. <laughs> I'm gonna go with like a. Pudding or something. Pudding. That no, pudding's great.
2: If you don't eat your meat, you can't have any pudding. Who uh, what like am pudding? I saying?
4: <laughs> um, oh what's that certain type of pudding that's really gross? The tapioca. Tapioca. Yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> yeah. I've never had it before, but let's go with that. <laughs> <laughs>
5: I'm gonna go with. Um... Any, like, sea, like, like an octopus or something like that? Anything like with a, tentacles? Yeah, mm. anything with tentacles. Tentacles, okay. Mm. No octopus for you.
0: <laughs> yeah, tapioca pudding, I forget. I think it was, I don't know if it was my dad or one of my uncles used to call it fish eyes and glue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Throw that one out there. <laughs> What's your favorite restaurant in St. Pete?
5: Ooh, I'm going yeah, to say Mazzaro's.
0: Nice, there you go. Yeah. It goes along with Italian. Mm-hmm.
4: I'm going to have to go with uh, the Red Mesa on 4th Street.
0: Okay, nice. Nice. Very good. Yeah, we end up at Cantina because it's just right mm-hmm. over down there. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. uh, but 4th Street's very good, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Salt or pepper?
4: Mm. Salt.
5: I'm going to go pepper. All right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: he would. Yeah, he would. Lori's salt on pepper.
5: Yeah. <laughs> you put some pepper on some fries, man. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's just something to say.
0: That's what it's all about. So you don't
3: hate everything. <laughs> <laughs> I
5: have the palate of about a five-year-old.
3: <laughs> so yeah.
0: Yeah, if we had somebody else. That, that was Erica. Yeah. Yeah erica benstock the co-owner of uh, il ritorno mm. same as really? you. same issue
4: yeah. we, we pretty much schedule our days around like you know pizza time for him Or like yeah. he'll get he'll get a mazzaro sub and that's about it that's, yeah you know, that's, that's
5: funny i need my chicken nuggets yeah funny. chipotle <laughs> and that's about it you know yeah
4: can you guys cook no, I can. <laughs> I can
5: uh, microwave really well. Mm. Oh, right. And uh, make some. You make a mean pasta. I can boil some some water. Mm. Okay. Yeah.
0: So if you're gonna make pasta, do you put salt in the water. In you know, the beginning. I do when
5: people are watching, so it looks like mm. I know what I'm doing. But when I'm alone, it's just it's just water.
0: So that's that's one of the tricks is to. <laughs> Put the salt in the water yes. up front. Mm-hmm.
5: Quite a lot of salt,
3: actually. Mm-hmm. And then
0: what, what? This is also from Il Ritorno from uh, Chef David Bensock. What's he? He saves the salt water and then he uses, he uses some. the pasta water
3: mm. in his dishes. Ah. Part oh. of his it's seasoning. So nice. mm-hmm. It's
5: yeah. like a pasta broth. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah.
3: A bit, yeah, yeah.
0: So today we we are featuring your song, "Breakup Haircut." Ooh. That's the one. Breakup mm. haircut. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and. You also performed this on the Mayor's, uh, Mm -hmm. his YouTube show. Yeah, Mm -hmm. the Mayor's Lounge. Mayor's Lounge, yes. And yeah, tell us about the song.
4: You want to take this one? I kind of you? know by listening to it. It's pretty easy. Yeah, to it's pretty self-explanatory. It's little, <laughs> yeah, but you
5: know, we just kind of noticed that uh, a lot of people, after going through a breakup or any <laughs> big event, they mm-hmm. change their hair. You know, you get a little haircut. It's, mm-hmm. it's like a new you. You know, mm-hmm.
4: it's kind of like retail therapy, except hair therapy, right? right you well, know? Yeah, <laughs> I like that. Mm-hmm.
3: So, who, who wrote it? Was it written by both of you? He
4: came up with the idea, and then we kind of produced it together. and Yeah. Just you know, yeah. that's usually how our process goes. One of us will come up with the idea. We bring it to the other. Uh-huh. Say we hate it or we love it. And then it kind of grows from there. Right. Awesome. He, he would be Danny. <laughs> yes. Yes.
0: Yes. And I forget from the video. Forgive me. Uh, do you both play guitar? One of you plays guitar?
4: He's the main guitar player. I dabble in a little bit. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, but he's I'm, I'm on modest. keys and okay, he's cool. on guitar. that nice. kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Nice. And do you guys have any gigs coming up?
5: Yeah, we're playing uh, Gasparilla Music Fest. That's March 9th. Awesome. The Saturday. 545
4: to 615. Nice, very so good.
0: So everybody, make a note of that, mm-hmm. so you don't miss it.
4: Mm-hmm. It's gonna be fun.
0: And also, the song "Breakup Haircut." And where can we find it?
4: Uh, Spotify, iTunes, any Apple Music, all that stuff. Pretty That's much, so any. YouTube.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Awesome. So, Danny and Alex, thank you so much for coming in and putting up with our foodies' <laughs> questions. Thank you, we appreciate it. And here we are with "Breakup Haircut."
4: It was not recording. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. <laughs>
2: Night. Said she just wanted to talk But I could tell through the phone I know that she's been crying Said we should go home But I know what she wants to say There's something don't taste the same to her anymore And all that's left to do Is get a breakup, up haircut I'll get a fade for Jade and a fro for Zoe. It's a dream Kim, and it's short for. And shave it off for Molly. Yeah, break up with me.
0: On last week's show we had Rachel Bennett from the library which is formerly named the Peabody if you want to know why go back and listen to episode 24 and Rachel also did a really fun entertaining interview Some new posts that we have on the website on stpetersburgfoodies.com we have a news item on a new restaurant opening called Sophia's Cucina or Sophia's Cucina and Inoteca. Brought to you by the owners of Lolita's. And that's in the space that used to be the hive for a short amount of time. We also have a new top 10 list. The top 10 burgers in St. Pete is out. And we also have the winners for our cartoon caption contest. And the new contest is up for this month. You can win gift cards to the Avenue, Park and Rec, and no vacancy. And it's fun. And remember, next week we have Dr. Barbecue back for part two. To comment on the show by email, you can write to lunchbox at PetersburgFoodies.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Player FM, amongst many others. If you happen to have a voice-activated home assistant, you can play us on Apple HomePod, Amazon Echo, and Google Home.
3: This is Candice Aviles from Meet the Chef, and you're listening to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast.
0: Thanks for listening.
3: Thanks to our guest, Ray Lampy from Dr. Barbecue, the restaurant.
0: And thanks to our sponsors, Anata Restaurant and Wine Bar, their sister restaurant, Altamari Fish Bar, and Engine Number no. 9, where you can get some of the best burgers in St. Pete. Our announcer is Candice Aviles from Meet the Chef and Channel 10 News, and our intro music is provided by the Chris Walker Band.
3: We'd like to remind you to check out all the latest restaurant reviews, foodies news, top 10 lists, and updated happy hours on stpetersburgfoodies.com.
0: If you're listening to us on iTunes or any other podcast app, please give us a rating and also remember to share the show with your foodie friends. Until Until next next time, time, may your food be hot
3: and your bubbly cold.